You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. Hoosier fans to another victorious episode of the assembly call is tonight your Indiana Hoosiers opened up Big Ten play with a 12 point victory over the Maryland Terrapins 65 to 53 in a game where Indiana jumped out and took an early lead and really never looked back was able to keep distance between themselves and Maryland for the entire night actually pushed it up past 20 in the second half and survived a bout of sloppy play there toward the end of the game to still end up with a 12-point victory that moves the Hoosiers to 6-1 and overall in the season, 1-0 and in conference play, and really for the first time all season showed us an extended run of basketball that is kind of what it's supposed to look like and what we've been hoping to see from this team, both in terms of execution and cohesion and effort. Just a lot of things went right tonight for Indiana, even with Xavier Johnson out of the lineup and even with Malik Renew only getting to play 19 minutes because of foul trouble. You couldn't really ask for anything more given the circumstances for Indiana's Big Ten opener. I'm your host, Jared Morris, here with Ryan Phillips. We are going to be joined later on by Coach Tonsoni from Simon Scott Assembly Hall and special guest Miller Cop, who should be here in a little while as well. That is... Uh, we're all going to be here for you to talk about the game on this edition of the Assembly Call IU postgame show. And let's start this show the way we start every show. And that is with our Hoosier Proud Banner Moment. And for the Banner Moment tonight, I'm going to go back to the second half when it was 61-49. Indiana had that 20-plus point lead, but Maryland was on an 11-0 run. And, you know, things felt a little tenuous there. And Harris Smith had a three-pointer that would have cut the lead under 10. He missed it. Khalil Ware skies for a tough rebound in traffic, then goes on the other end, hits a little jumper, makes it 63-49. to 49. Uh, On the ensuing defensive possession, Trey Galloway forced a turnover on the sideline, and really that ended any hope that Maryland had of making a comeback. Indiana was up 63-49 to 49 and cruised to the victory from that point forward. But it was just another terrific game for Khalil Ware. And what made this one different and more important than any of the other big games he's had so far this season is he was going up against a legit Big Ten big man on the other team in Julian Reese. You know, Khalil has had a very nice start this year. But a lot of that has been against overmatched teams. And in his one game against you know a team with another good big man, UConn and Donovan Klingon, he struggled. So I was really wondering, okay, how would Khalil play tonight? And he rose to the occasion. 18 points, 14 rebounds, an assist, a block. And really, you know, with Malik Renew on the bench, kind of helped to serve that role of the offense running through him and helping to settle everybody down. It really just felt like one of those games where the team just played better with Khalil on the court and his team leading plus minus uh, was certainly indicative of that. So excellent night for Khalil Ware in the 12-point victory for the Hoosiers. All right, with that said, let's talk now about our presenting sponsor. That's right, our banner moment, as always, brought to you by our friends at Home Field Apparel, now in their seventh season sponsoring the Assembly Call, and their third as the presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. Home Field, as you know, has the largest collection of vintage IU apparel that you will find anywhere. And since IU is their flagship school, we get all the good stuff first. So when they come out with the snapback hats or the bomber jackets or whatever it is, it's always IU first, and that's why it's a good idea to follow them on social, subscribe to the email alerts, subscribe to the text alerts, the app, because not only do you get notified when they're going to be releasing that stuff, 
you also get special deals too and they'll send these flash sales so you can save money and that's especially important right now it's december christmas season is coming up and home field apparel really can be your one-stop shop to knock out everybody on your christmas list because they have something for everybody Say that you want to support James Madison in their upcoming bowl game for some reason. They have a James Madison collection there. Any other school you want. Say you want to support the Washington Huskies. They've got Washington Husky stuff. So no matter who you're shopping for, you can go to Home Field Apparel, probably find some gear or something to wear that people are going to be interested in, whether it's a crew neck, a hoodie, a T-shirt. They have it all. We love uh, supporting them. We appreciate their support over the years. And so you should go to homefieldapparel.com. Use our promo code HOME23, and you will get 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME23 for 15% off. Once again, the website, homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. All righty. Well, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. And we will start with Ryan. Ryan, not much to rant about after a 12-point victory. They relaxed at the end a little, but that happens when you get a big lead. Um, and especially when you have a big lead this early in the season, you're not, it's almost a, what do I do with my hands kind of thing? You know, you don't know how to deal with having a big lead. So they kind of relaxed a bit late and given the amount of young guys on the team, I kind of expected that. And I expected that at the end of the first half too, and they kind of stamped it out. Uh, they started to sort of lose it a little and you're like, don't have a lull at the end of the first half and let Maryland think they have a chance. And they didn't. Um, but even in that, that struggle towards the end, Maryland didn't have a field goal in the last two minutes and 30 seconds of the game. You know, they're, they're coming back at the free throw line. So, yeah. uh, but I think it, while you're right, Khalil Ware is, is really a big part of this story. I think the story of the game for me was Trey Galloway. And I, I was real hard on Galloway and just the backcourt in general, uh, earlier this week and said that, look, they weren't leading. Uh, you know, that maybe that's off court and the things they're saying and encouraging guys and stuff, they're maybe doing uh, providing great leadership. But on the court, the front court was leading and it was the younger guys that were leading the way. Renew, Khalil, Khalil Ware, uh, even at times Peyton Sparks with his energy and things like that. Trey Galloway was the team leader tonight. Uh, 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 he scored 12 points, grabbed six boards, six assists. Three of those rebounds were offensive and you don't expect that from Trey Galloway. Um, and then, you know, had a, had a block in there as well. He had, he had one, I think they gave him a rebound, but it looked like a steal where he came in from behind and took the ball from a guy. Um, and he was plus 20 and, and he led the team in minutes. I mean, I thought he was fantastic and this is what this is exactly what you were hoping Trey Galloway would be in his senior season. You'd love to see, have seen him hit the three, hit more threes and hit the three he took tonight. You'd love to see him make those two free throws, please, Trey. But other than that, I, I thought he was the story of the game. His play jumped up considerably. He didn't lead the team in scoring, didn't lead the team in rebounding, but he just, it felt like the game was running through him. And he had some hiccups, you know, in, against the press a couple times midway through the second half. And he's not a primary ball handler, so... As long as he can limit those, you feel good. But all in all, I thought I thought Galloway was the story tonight, and I thought that his play elevated everybody else around him. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, and again, I mean, that was the other big storyline coming into the game is, you know, we talked on Assembly Call Radio how we didn't expect Xavier Johnson to play in this game. Right. He did not. Uh, frankly, we don't expect him back for a little while. Now, you know, he's officially day-to-day, and we will see. Um but, you know, it was absolutely huge uh, for Indiana to have Trey Galloway step up in Xavier Johnson's absence. And since we just did Ryan's opening statement, this is a good opportunity to bring our guest in here. Uh, Miller Kopp, there ladies he is. and gentlemen, here joining us, his first appearance on the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Miller, your opening thoughts on that Indiana victory? Um, good game, good win. 
Good win. Shout out to, I believe, um, I'm just, just my guess. I don't know, but Kenya Hunter, this the scout. Um, it was pretty clear that they he knew basically everything that they were doing offensively, especially in the half court. Um, you could tell he he was talking a lot. He was up out of his chair a lot. Um, his out of chair, out of chair time was was more than the other assistant coaches. So I that's my guess that that it was his scout. Um, yeah, shout out to Kenya Hunter. Um, it was pretty clear they knew everything that was going on, which helped I think defensively because it was pretty. The, the guys were, were, I think, were pretty connected defensively. Obviously, you know, Maryland didn't score much. Um, it reflected in the score. But I thought they played really hard. That's my biggest thing. It's like they just played their butts off. Like they played their asses off. And uh, um, that's, what I, that's what I love to see because that translates and that's something you can continue to, you know, carry over because shots, makes, or misses, like what, that, that's just part of the game. But if you can translate – playing hard and just playing scrappy then that's that's awesome so that was that was really good to see for me on my end because it looked like guys were more connected were playing um super hard for each other so i thought that was good you know i agree with you and, and this team has played hard in spurts this season but not to the level that we saw tonight to what do you attribute that is that just having a, a true assembly hall atmosphere is that guys rallying without x out there like what do you think causes that um, I think it's probably, it's probably a mix of everything, but I'd probably say that is, is, uh, as, you know, when you get into big 10 play, you know, obviously the, the other games have mattered. Um, but this, you, it, it has a different feel to it. I remember my first, my first big 10 game, I was, it was actually at assembly hall and I was, I was nervous as ever. Like I was, but I can imagine, <laughs> but but you go into those games with a different sense of like seriousness or readiness. And, you know, whether it's, you know, it start and it usually starts like three days, four days before, you know, you're getting, you know, handed papers about different guys and, you know, their stats and their strengths and weaknesses and stuff. Like you're getting loaded with every piece of information that you could imagine. So, you know, going into the game, you feel like, you know, these guys and you've seen, all their buckets, all their best plays, all their, you know, whatever. And so you're going into the game feeling like you know them and it's like means that much more because it does, you know, because every win in, in, you know, Big Ten play is big. Um, and it's just the the energy is so uh, – it, it's a different type of intensity in the, like, in the gym, in practices, in the film room, and all that stuff just going into, you know, Big Ten play because you – you want to start one and zero. You don't want to start zero and one. Miller, they got off to a great start tonight. Do you think that's really important in a game like you said of all that intensity to just kind of settle you down and and feel confident about things because they really jumped them early and it looked like Maryland was you know deer in headlights for most of the first half. Yeah, well, I feel like it gives it gives uh, you know it gives you confidence as a team. You know, even guys coming off the bench like oh like. Like we're hot now. Like if somebody's hot, like we're all hot, right? And so, you know, you come into the game, whether it's off the bench or, you know, out of a timeout, like you feel that much better, that much faster, that much um, more connected when you start the game like that because you've thrown the, the first punch. You know, that's always like so you want to set the tone. 
that was something that like we always like tried to emphasize is like like we want to set the tone whether it's with our first play you know which you saw tonight is like the first play can set a tone on offense but also on defense um and so they did that and um you know it also takes away the the any momentum that the other team can have you know because you don't want to give them any anything to to draw on later in the game yeah so obviously X, you know, missed this game and you guys had to play a good portion of last season without him on the court as well. What are some of the things that the team really misses when X is out? And then what did you see from Trey Galloway tonight that was different? Because he attacked this game in a different way, really probably than we've seen since the first game of the year against Florida Gulf Coast. Yeah, well, I'm proud of him, man. He, he's been working his tail off and he's been he's been so hungry to be coached, I think, and and um and not just be coached, but like hungry to get better, like on and off the floor. And he's, um, you know, I know he's worked a bunch with the coaches and um, just the staff and uh, in general is like he, I think he picked up the area where X is, you know, one of his biggest strengths is, is with his pace. And that's what Gallo like picked up today, tonight is like, he just played fast. Like when he got the ball, he was, you know, full head of steam getting downhill like getting to the rim you know putting pressure He's on the attacking yeah to make the call yeah he was attacking he was he was you know obviously getting downhill towards the rim which is you know when he's at his best and when he you know really can you know play in the open court so so let me ask you this you know indiana wins by 12 which is obviously awesome and they do so only taking nine threes and only making three he knew like, this question was, was coming. It was, he did. Well, it was a big talking point last year, and it's been even more of a talking point this year. Yeah. I'm curious, you know, when you're watching a game like this, as the shooter that you are, what are you thinking when, you know, the three-point shot just hasn't really been a feature of this offense and didn't hurt Indiana tonight? Obviously, the big guys were scoring inside, and the big guys were the ones making three-pointers. But I'm just curious what you think when you're watching Indiana play and it's not a part of the offense, and when the guys are getting them, you know, they're, they're missing the shots. Well, it's a double-edged sword because there's there's certain parts of the game to where, you know, for example, tonight, like Maryland would have absolutely loved for a team to just, not just Indiana, any team just to chunk up threes, right? They want to they junk up the game. They want to play in transition and, you know, not have to play in the half court and all that stuff. So, like, that's what they would have wanted, right? So that would have been their plan A. Their plan B on defense would have been, uh, like, I guess if they have to play inside, then we'll try to figure it out that way. And Indiana did that. I think a lot of the like the the less th- the the lack of threes that have been taken, I think a lot of it is spacing and moving off the ball. That's the biggest thing. I think guys. I was told my freshman year by a coach. Um, I decide the same problem, and a lot of it happens with younger guys and newer guys. Is like you get paralyzed by the ball when you don't have it. So like if you're playing off the ball, you're watching, right? So you shouldn't be just a bystander watching. You should be trying to find a gap, trying to find a a, a corner to get in, you know. And and I think that's the biggest thing is like, you know, they're doing a good job of of taking the right ones. That's the biggest thing. And so now it's like, okay, how do we get more of the right ones? So you know, as the season goes on, we take more of them but more of the right ones so that our percentages go up and so that's how i think of it as a shooter is like i just want obviously more shots but i want more um 
of the good ones. And so I think a lot of it just comes down to spacing and moving off the ball. And I'm a big proponent of like getting to the corner and like deep corner. I would always spot, man. <laughs> oh, I, we have, we have X's, uh, or last year, you know, <laughs> they had X's on the corners. And I was like, when I leave, man, you got to put M, put M in the corner. <laughs> so people know like that's, that's my spot. Uh, but yeah, no, I think a lot of it's that and just giving guys space so they can make the right play. Yeah. You know, it's also worth noting coming into the game tonight, Maryland had been really good defensively and they were not giving up many three point shots. I think they were in the, the top 10 in terms of, you know, uh, preventing opponent three point attempts. So it didn't really profile as a game. Indiana would take, you know, a lot of them. Um, mm-hmm. and so I'm sure that that's part of it too, but you know, it's interesting. I mean, what you described, you know, about young guys kind of following the ball, it seems like McKenzie Mbako falls into that trap sometimes. And he's such a talented offensive player, you know, and found ways to score 13 points tonight, but he seems to kind of be struggling with a little bit of that. And as the season goes on, hopefully that's something he gets more comfortable with, you know, finding well, a lot. Yeah. A lot of that's just, um, uh, not just for him, for, for everybody is like learning the offense and learning when, you know, a guy drives off, drives this way, where should I go? When this is the spacing, where should I go? You know, and, and, and I had trouble with that too, is like not getting in the way, like I, I, you know, and, and just continuing to be, you know, a spacer and find gaps so you can get the easy shots and can't get those open looks, which he's, you know, done a good job attacking and, and, you know, find some good looks too, but he can, he can get a lot more too if he just continues to, um, you know, find the, find the open gaps. Yeah. Miller, obviously Malik Renew kind of struggled tonight with foul trouble. And, you know, that was sort of a theme last year with him as well, but he's really up until tonight taken on a big sort of leadership role and is one of the forefronts of the offense and all that. When you were teammates with him, what impressed you about him? You know, uh, you know, he was just a freshman last year, didn't play a ton, but it was clear he was, pretty damn good already at that point well i loved his competitiveness like the guy like he just wants to win so bad and that's i think honestly sometimes when he gets in foul trouble it's just because he just doesn't want the guy to score like he just is guarding and playing so hard which like you got to give it to him like if that's the case screw it like then then it comes down to just you know being being selective with it but I, that's the one thing that I was like, man, like I first we first saw him play and I was like, this kid like plays hard, especially when we got to games. It was like this kid, like, he wants to win and, and really, really compete. So that's what I loved about him. Um, yeah. So let me ask you about Anthony Leal, who's gotten some minutes the last couple of games. And, you know, really, I mean, obviously he hasn't made his shots. Uh, you know, he had that three tonight. And I think the roof of Assembly Hall would have blown off if he had made it. Um, but, you know, it, it's been important, you know, with X out, Gabe Cups is a freshman, CJ Gunn is still coming along. You know, what does it mean to have an experienced guy like Anthony out there? And what did what do you see from him in practice? Or what did you see from him, uh, you know, in practice that kind of shows that, you know, that he'd be ready for moments like these when his coach? Well, I mean, he's shown something that I've never seen, like ever. The, the, the I mean, I could talk for hours about this guy, but like the amount of of straight humility and just humbleness that the guy has had to um, had to assume and 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 just 
accept is like insane. I mean, they, I mean, he would come into practice every day, play his butt off, and know every scout, know every you know play that they're running, the names of them, the the freaking um, whatever it is. Like he he would know basically, and this isn't you know he would know which way a player wipes his butt when he goes poop. Like he would know <laughs> everything that well. Right. It's a detailed scouting report. Miller. And Leo, yeah. I, Leo, I love you. So you, you know, it's true. And, um, and eat knowing that he wasn't going to play like it, that's so as a athlete and competitor, like that is so incredibly hard going into every off season and working his tail off and every workout, every lift, all that stuff. Like that's why me and him really connected is we butted heads in practice sometimes because we both were competing so hard. But when we played on the same team together, it was incredible because like I knew that he put all his all into every day, whether he was going to play or not. And shoot, like, I don't know if I could do that. A lot of guys, 99% of guys could never do that. And so I, I know for a fact, whenever he gets put in, he's ready no matter what, like you could put him, you could call him up, you know, at 2 a.m. tonight and be like, Leo, like we need you. <laughs> You'd be like, I'm there. I'm ready. I'm who am I guarding? <laughs> like, um, so yeah, no, he, he, he is ready no matter what. He's like the epitome of, of staying ready. And I would, I would never really tell him stay ready, stay ready. Cause that's like the worst thing you could tell somebody like who has, who hasn't been playing is like, like screw you. Like I, w- I used to get told that like when I was like not getting in the game, it's like, stay ready, stay ready. I'm like, screw that, man. Like I don't need to hear that. I'm ready. I've, I've been ready. You know, I'm ready. Um, so he's, he's just the guy, like he works his tail off and it really motivated me. Cause you know, I saw that every day and was just like, man, that, that guy freaking, works his tail off you know and it's hard to do it when you don't see the end in sight so that's my rant leo love you dude <laughs> no we we love him too um and it's it's nice to see him getting out there and being productive mm-hmm. with his minutes um last question for this segment before we move on i'm just i'm curious what your mindset was coming into this game you know because indiana obviously five and one that's a good record but I mean, just long stretches of really uneven play. And I think a lot of us were really wondering what team was going to show up, especially with X out. I mean, you know a lot of these guys. You know the program. What were you expecting coming into the game? And how did the actual performance match your expectations? Well, uh, I don't know. I I wasn't really expecting – I don't know. I wasn't expecting anything specific. But I did – I did – when I saw X was out – I mean, I didn't know before anybody else, but when I saw he was out, um, I think it gave me, I still was really confident because if he was out, then that means he probably didn't practice all week or however long it was, which gave at least gave some time for everybody else to kind of figure themselves out in terms of the plays or the defense or the actions or who's guarding who or whatever, all that stuff, you know, mentally as well. So that gave me a little more, um, like, you know, my thought process was like, okay, well, if he didn't practice all week, yeah, he's out. But at least guys had a little bit of time to maybe adjust. But, man, I hope he gets healthy soon for sure. Yeah. No, I mean, 
we need him. That's for sure. But I think mm-hmm. it's good, you know, if he's dealing with this, I mean, it seems like it's some kind of foot issue, different foot than last year. Get him healthy now for the stretch run. You know, even if even if he Definitely. has to miss like an Auburn game or something like that, yeah. get him ready because we'll need him for Big Ten play for sure. Yeah, I know he's I know he's he's got to be pissed off because I know that dude wants to play. <laughs> he's he's a competitor. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, okay, so I want to remind everybody, uh, and Miller, you can even give give a little pitch for this because we were on a show together a couple weeks ago talking about NIL. Uh, but just a reminder that the donor match is still going from Hoosiers Connect. You can go to inforindiana.com. That donor is matching up to a million dollars, and they're running their Back the Rock campaign right now to kind of celebrate uh, and capitalize on the excitement of Coach Signetti, which, by the way, did you see uh, him at, at uh, his, his appearance at Assembly Hall? I saw, <laughs> I saw snippets. I saw snippets. <laughs> he goes up I heard there that. I heard that. Produce sucks. And <laughs> he's... He's a that's character. One way to get the, that's one way to get the crowd on your side quick. It is. It is. He, well, <laughs> the man, you know, the man he, is smart. The, well, I mean, and I think he understands for Indiana football, you've got to kind of lead with some of that swagger and try and build some confidence for a program that hasn't had it. So if you want to support his efforts and Hoosier Connects efforts uh, and all the athletes at Indiana, go to inforindiana.com. Your donations will still be matched. So, I mean, you're getting double uh, your impact. So go there, inforindiana.com, make a donation and support Indiana Athletics. All right, coming up here as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's 12-point victory over Maryland, we will talk about tonight's meaningful moments you might have missed, and then we will go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from the game. You are listening to the Assembly Call. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, it's Gene Steratore, CBS officiating analyst and retired Big Ten basketball official. You know I have never listened to the assembly call, and to be honest, I don't intend to. But if you listen, make sure you ignore anything Ryan says about officiating. He's really good from the seat of his pants, but I wouldn't trust him on the court with a whistle around his neck. Time has proven him wrong on virtually everything. Take care. We'll talk soon. Alrighty, thank you, Gene. As always, you are listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips, and whoa, it looks like the coach Brian Tonsoni is here. Uh, Miller had to bounce. 
Um, but we appreciate him coming on here. Miller, thank you so much. Excellent, uh, excellent insight from him as always. Uh, we'll get him top, back for a Thursday show at some point. We will. Oh, yeah, for sure. We definitely will. Um, it is time now for tonight's Meaningful Moment that you might have missed. Meaningful moments that you might have missed. This segment brought to you by our friends at Hoosier Ticket Project, where they help individuals and families experience IU athletic events in person for the first time through the generosity of alumni and fans. To learn more about how you can donate money or extra tickets to help create meaningful moments for other IU fans, visit HoosierTicketProject.org. That's HoosierTicketProject.org. All right. Well, Coach, we've got you here. Let's get your opening thoughts, and then uh, we'll dive into some meaningful moments. Yeah, sorry I didn't get on mute here. Um, there's It's a little bit of noise down here because everyone's so dang excited from the football coach to this outstanding effort that was uh, tonight. I couldn't even hear myself think. It, it, it was a really great effort by the players first and foremost. I thought the coaching staff did a really good job in, in a lot of different areas. And just a, a really good start to the Big Ten uh, season for the Hoosiers and a much-needed game for all of us to see that uh, – this team still has some things to work with or work on. But, man, what a performance tonight by the Indiana Hoosiers for at least 30 minutes or 32 minutes and, and a good start, a good start to uh, this tough stretch. Yep. So the first meaningful moment that I want to point out, and, Ryan, it really piggybacks on what you were talking about off the top with Trey Galloway, and this was the banner moment for a while until the lead got cut down and then uh, Khalil Ware put the hammer on him. But, you know, early in the second half, I thought Indiana really came out and struggled a little bit the first few minutes of the second half. Didn't have quite the same energy, didn't have quite the same movement on offense. And it felt like Maryland was missing some opportunities to kind of cut into the lead. And But, you know, as they couldn't all night, they couldn't make any shots. And so it was 42-31, Indiana struggling a little bit. And Trey just took over. He scored three straight buckets, all different on one. You know, he was, I mean, he initiated a drive from like 35 feet out and scored, you know, got all the way to the basket and scored on the next possession. I think Mbaco got a steal, led to a transition opportunity, and Trey did a much better job tonight in transition, making decisions and finishing. Uh, and then I think the next one was a little give and go with Ware at the top of the key and Ware found him for a wide open layup. So with six straight points, it pushed the lead out to 48-31. Indiana would extend that lead even more. Um, but, Ryan, you know, to your point about how important Trey was, I thought that was a huge point in the game because it did not allow Maryland to cut into the lead in the second half, got Indiana going offensively at a time when someone needed to step up and probably a guard needed to step up, and Trey was the guy to do it. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, he's a veteran. He's a guy who's been here. He's been through it. He's played a lot at Indiana and just seeing him finally sort of rise in the season. And again, it, you know, when I talked about that earlier in the week, that the guards hadn't really stepped up, it's early in the season. You know, that was the big caveat. It's, we don't, you know, it's, it's early. Everyone's getting used to the guys around them, all that stuff. Trey's kind of, while it's the same role, it's a little different because they're relying on him more heavily this year, and he just didn't look comfortable. He finally sort of became the guy you need him to be. And it was, it was there were a bunch of plays like that. There were a couple where he just drove. And, you know, out of you know, a lot of his points come in transition. They come off of broken plays or they come off of him driving in the middle on that floater or whatever. There were a couple of times tonight he just drove on guys and, and went right into the paint. And and so it was nice to see him look like, you know, there, there's guys who when the competition is lower, they're like, oh, I'm going to eat tonight like this. I'm, I'm going to go. And then when it gets great, they kind of get timid. And it was nice to see him not be timid 
against a Big Ten opponent. And and he, I'm not saying he is normally, but you could see in his eyes, he was like, I don't care who is guarding me. I'm going to do something tonight, and I'm going to make a play, and I'm going to make a play for somebody else, and I'm going to you know get in there and mix it up, and we're going to win this game. And, and they did it on his back. I mean, again, Khalil Ware got the numbers tonight. But really, Trey Galloway was driving the engine, was the engine driving the offense all night long and defense, I think, as well. Coach, what stood out to you just from a moment perspective? Which ones really jumped out? Yeah, I just want to back up. Uh, Miller Cop said pace and, and Trey, and I think that was absolutely uh, incredible. I thought Trey played with pace, and I thought the whole team played with pace when they didn't. All moved. Uh, all moved. I think, I, yeah. Then in that second half, they got worn out and the ball got stagnant again. Uh, but boy, did boy did Trey uh, play well. I was really impressed with um, Coach Woodson's defensive strategy, and I heard Miller say uh, assistant coaches and all of that. But at first, they weren't switching Cups on to Young. Uh, they were trying to keep Galloway on Young. And then when Cups went out of the game, then they went back to switching. And then later, they played what I call blocks and elbows. There was a foot in the lane. They, were, they weren't trusting Maryland to hit a three, and they were going to clog up that lane and stop penetration. And so there were different defenses throughout, or different same man-to-man defense, but different strategies without. And I thought if that was Kenya or whoever had to scout, and but you got to give the coaching staff some credit there in their defensive effort. Yes, Maryland struggles from three. Yes, they're not one of the top five teams like everyone predicted in the preseason, and they didn't play well. But a lot of that goes to the effort of the players executing uh, the coaching staff. So that's kind of a meaningful moment there, too, is is the style of defense that just wore this Maryland team out and, and helped Indiana to the victory. Yeah, you know, something else that stood out, too, you know, McKenzie and Baco had a stretch there in the first half. You know, I think he hit, uh, you know, he hit a three. He hit kind of a little awkward jumper going toward the middle. And, you know, he wasn't particularly productive in the second half, but, you know, we're only a few weeks removed from him, you know, barely being productive at all. And so tonight in his first Big Ten game, he gets 13 points, seven boards, three assists and a steal. You know, so I think it was a bit of an uneven performance and you can still see he's got to move his feet more defensively. And I think and, you know, this is understandable for a freshman, but Indiana got up and I don't think he didn't seem quite as locked in in the second half. But, you know, I think, Coach, you're starting to see from him more that versatile offensive ability that is such a nice compliment with what Malik Renu and Khalil Ware can do down low. Um, and just, you know, every game now, it feels like he's getting a little bit better, a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more integrated into what Indiana's doing. Um, so a quiet second half, but I thought his first half was really impressive. Uh, his effort rebounding on the offensive glass was tremendous. You know, you probably saw it on TV, but he was really attacking angles, especially at the free throw. He got a couple, yep. uh, I think, on the free throw. Yep. Uh, but he was active on the offensive glass. And Trey Galloway in the press conference said that, was asked a question about how the rebounding has improved. He said, we've started emphasizing going to the offensive glass a little bit more too, which is a way to get easy points if your offense is struggling. But I thought that was impressive. The stats say that he had a good game. But but he was he was really really locked in on his effort uh, to rebound. I think on both ends uh, tonight, and that is a way you can contribute when your offense may not be uh, flowing. I thought best game by far uh, overall with the fundamentals for uh, McKenzie. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the numbers, eleven points in the first half, four rebounds, three of them offensive, and they came you know pretty close together in a stretch where he. I tweeted out it was you know at the first time out I tweeted out I was like. 
the activity level from him on both ends is the best we've seen. I mean, it was just incredible. Yes. And, and I think that him getting off to a fast start really helps his activity level. He doesn't get down on himself, which, by the way, when a guy shrugs, doesn't make shots and misses and screws up and slumps his shoulders, that's what freshmen do. You know, it's not it's not specific to Mackenzie and Baco. Most freshmen do that. Look at Maryland's uh, freshmen. Smith yeah. And Kaiser really, were both struggling big time. Really struggled. And Mbako in the second half, he only had two points, but he grabbed three rebounds, had three assists, uh, had a steal. You know, he was still contributing, although it was kind of a quiet second half, off, uh, certainly offensively. Uh, made both his free throws, though. And, and I just think that what you're getting for you're starting to see him get comfortable. And I think that's the key for him is just getting comfortable and then expanding out from what your role is right now. And eventually maybe you are the guy who can, you know, take a step back three or, you know, drive and pull up in the middle of the offense and things like that. It doesn't have to come to you wide open when you're going to pull the trigger. And, and there was one point where he, you know, was, was on the wing. I think it was his first shot and he was kind of, jab stepping and looking and they just pulled he just popped a shot and he missed it and the broadcast they say he needs to drive that they're absolutely right he needs to drive that but as he gets more comfortable i think that's something it's going to be easier for him to do and also it's going to be easier as he gets more comfortable to use his teammates to his advantage drive in there if somebody steps up you lob it to where or you you know kick it out you know as as, as the defense collapses round around and then you get the ball back so you you learn to use the the resources at your disposal as you get more comfortable so definitely uh his best game i agree with you coach and it wasn't just statistically it was the way he moved the way he was active and and the way you can just see him starting to 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 be a part of the game as opposed to sort of just grabbing on for dear life and trying to figure it out second straight game with three offensive rebounds for him and really, mm-hmm. I mean, all of his numbers, he hasn't missed a free throw yet. He's 15 for 15 from the line. He's 16 of 27 on twos. The only thing that's really holding his offensive efficiency down right now is three for 20 from three-point range. But, you know, he looked, again, to me like a guy tonight that was ready to go off from three if he got more opportunities. I think, what was he, one for two? Yeah, he was one for two. You know, and so I think as he gets more comfortable, that shot's going to come. Coach, one other moment that I wanted to point out, uh, back in the first half, uh, you know, there were kind of some tense moments there around the you know four or five minute mark as Maryland cut into the lead. It was 31-24, and it really felt like, okay, here's kind of danger zone time for Indiana. You know, you've been ahead the whole half. You can't give this up. What does Indiana do? Well, they go to a big guy. Typically, that's been Malik Renew that they've gone to in these situations. He was off the court, so they go to Khalil Ware. Uh, you know, it, it was Maryland was on a 6-0 run. Uh, Ware had it about eight feet from the basket, took his little turnaround jumper, made it and won. Um, just a huge play. And that was followed by the three by McKenzie Mbako, which took that 31-24 lead, immediately jumped it out to 37-24, which was huge with no X and Malik Renew on the bench, you know, to be able to do that in your Big Ten opener. But, you know, it, Indiana's really you know, we, we wondered, okay, what's going to be the go-to, you know, offensive play for this team when they need a bucket? It's very clear. They're going to renew or they're going to wear. And as we talked about, where can get that little turnaround jumper anytime he wants it, you know, and he's done a pretty decent job of making them. Um, and so, you know, we talked about him off the top in the banner moment, just another terrific game for him, both in terms of being ready to deliver offensively when Indiana needed it. I mean, that in the first half and you know his ability to score late in the second half to stop Maryland from coming back. But also, he got a lot of tough rebounds in traffic today as part of his 14 rebounds, uh, which was just really nice to see You know, for a guy who just continues to answer all the offseason questions we had about him. 
Yeah, where where was fantastic, and I what I like about being here is you can see some things that don't necessarily show up on television or or on the stat sheet. He was he intimidated that Maryland team coming in the lane like they they were just peeing so down their leg obvious. every time. It was so obvious. Yeah, was it obvious on TV too? Yes. I mean, yeah, those guys yes. the feet would get jittery, and a couple times they had wide open layups, and they're like, "I'm not even shooting this. I'm passing this out." Like those are good things that Ware does. Besides all of the the things that you mentioned, but it's nice to see him score. He had another basket in the second half when it kind of got a little dicey, went down to twelve or something. They went inside. Eh, renews out, uh, but he was he was gassed. Trey Galloway was gassed. When when they had time, they were grabbing on their shorts and and leaning over at timeouts, and that's why Sparks came in late to give him a blow. He his if there's any question about his effort, we really haven't seen it. Uh, he he has really taken to this Indiana program and Coach Woodson and staff. He, he was, you know, you can't replicate that when you go play a 7-2 guy who has the ability to get up and block shots and and he it's just intimidating his rebounding was solid too just maybe once really did good. one get knocked out of his hands yeah. he has to be and Woodson got on more him more physical Woodson got yeah on him absolutely yeah he's got to rip it down and pull the elbows out and anticipate guards hitting up on it that that's something with more minutes and he's got to learn how to do that when he's fatigued like he rebounds really well when he's not fatigued. When he's fatigued, which is in the you know fourth quarter or the last ten minutes, he's got to be able to rebound that strong as well. Outstanding effort uh, by Khalil uh, tonight. Yeah, I, I think one thing that's interesting with him is is just we talk about the effort, and that was that was the big uh, you know, question mark coming in, and you see the skill it's obviously there. And so if he just plays with effort, that skill is going to come out and that's what you're seeing in Indiana. And I'm not saying he didn't play with effort at Oregon. I know he got tagged with that label, but we don't really know that we don't know what practice was like, but he's been fighting against that and he's done a fantastic job and, and just, you know, rebounds are effort and focus is a, is a rebound and, you know, positioning all that stuff, but that that's focus. And, it helps when you're seven feet tall, but you know, 14 boards tonight. Here's the other thing. He had the ball in his hand a lot. One turnover, just one. I mean, Malik Renew had four, you, you know, so you're he, there's, there's opportunities for him to screw up and make mistakes and he's just not making them. And a couple of those shots rimmed out, you know, he had one where it was a, you know, a fadeaway jumper on the, on the block that it was just kind of like, all right, you don't need to take that, but he's made that. So why wouldn't he? And and so I've loved watching Khalil play. He makes it look so easy. He just does. And it, it, it's his height. It's his athleticism. It's his skill level. He was so unbothered by Maryland tonight at no point. You know, you saw him in the UConn game. He was a little uncomfortable. He was so unbothered tonight. And that's growth for him, I think. Also, I'm going to say it again. Khalil, shoot more. You're one one from three tonight. You could take another one. You could take three more if He's you want. Five for nine on the season now. Seriously, I, mean, I know it's shooting, a comfort. I know it's a comfort thing in the offense and all that, but I would love to see them start doing some pick and pop with him. And even if it's not there, it opens up the floor for other people. Also, opens up the post if Renew is in there as well or the the wings and all that. So I would really like to see them take advantage of that because he's got a great shot. He's got great touch. We thought he had a great shot coming into the year, and I think it's looked better than than we thought it would. Yep. 
All right, next up, time to go inside the numbers brought to you by Jackson Hewitt Tax Services. If you live in Bloomington or the surrounding areas and you want your taxes done right, contact our friend and chat mob Hall of Famer Megan Mahaffey and her team in Bloomington, Bedford, and Martinsville by calling 812-339-3334 or by visiting jacksonhewitt.com. Numbers, Coach, I think the, the two that stand out to me, one positive, one negative, you know, we are not that far removed from kind of feeling like this team was having a rebounding crisis. In the first it. Big Ten game, Indiana out-rebounded Maryland 46-30. to 30. Now, Maryland didn't enter this game as a great defensive rebounding team, but they are a very good offensive rebounding team. Indiana did give up 10 offensive rebounds to them, only eight second-chance points on those 10 rebounds. But overall— A couple of those were tipped, were tipped around, and it yeah. was kind of a loose ball thing. But overall, I mean, I thought it was an excellent rebounding effort. You know, we've talked about where— uh, I thought, you know, Mbako continues to be terrific on the offensive glass. I thought Gabe Cups, you know, rebounded out of his area uh, a couple times, which was really nice to see. And it was just, uh, you know, a, a team-wide effort, which, again, you know, you're seeing some of the things that Mike Woodson was talking about, you know, in his post-game press conferences, things he wanted to focus on. You're seeing that translate onto the court. The biggest negative for me, I mean, obviously the shooting, you know, three of nine from downtown, uh, you know, that's whatever. I mean, it wasn't a game where Indiana was probably going to take a lot anyway, only 10 of 18 from the free throw line. So they didn't get any extra efficiency offensively from the three point range or from, you know, from three point range of the free throw line, which against better big 10 opponents, you're going to need to win. Uh, and you're also going to need to limit the turnovers. Indiana had 16 turnovers, uh, four of them by Malik. He had several travels um, and then just some sloppy. Passes. One of those was just really good footwork, by the way. It, uh, he did have one, but but one was just really good footwork, and the official was just like the footwork couldn't have been that good. That's a travel. It was. Um, you know, I'm I'm willing to give a little grace on the turnovers. You're playing without your starting point guard. Yeah. Some of those were you know late when the other team is pressing. So I'm not going to get overly concerned about it. But you know, again, against a team that's playing a little bit better than Maryland was, the shooting numbers and the turnover numbers, you know, are are, are going to hurt Indiana. They didn't tonight, and that's really good. But it's just something to keep an eye on. What yeah, on the rebounding. Oh, go ahead, Ryan. Oh, on the rebounding, Jared. Just to mention, you, you mentioned how many offensive rebounds they gave up. They also had 15 offensive rebounds. I mean, I so so Trey talking about you know them going off after the offensive glass. I mean, Trey had three, Mbako had yeah. three, Ware had two, uh, Peyton Sparks had two, Caleb Banks had two. I mean, they're really they are getting after it on the offensive glass, and that's that's a positive to see. As for other numbers, yeah, 10 of 18 from the free throw line. Just to reiterate, that's. That's got to get better. And they've been okay shooting free throws this year. So, it, it you know, you also got Spark shooting four. You've got... And Mbako more free throws. Yeah. Uh, I think he, he looks absolutely perfect when it comes out of his hand. Um, but, you know, CJ Gunn going two of four. That, that, he's he's got to make at least three of those, you know. and and it's a rough night for CJ. Yeah, it was. And I loved his... And I'll say that about CJ and Caleb Banks. They didn't score. They didn't put up huge numbers. But CJ had three steals. Like, I mean, I love their effort. And Anthony Walker, I'll throw him in there, too. I love their effort. I love their energy, especially as a second unit, guys. Coming in and not letting there be a drop-off in that energy is huge. And and they they were running circles around Maryland. Now, finishing at the rim and things like that were a struggle. I think uh, Banks and Gunn were combined one for nine from the field. But, you know, the energy got – they got Maryland going too fast. They really did, and it sped them up on both ends of the floor. And I think that was that was really good from both those guys. But yeah, the shooting it has to get better because you're going to play better teams coming up, and and you really cannot afford. I mean, they only shot 45 percent from the field, considering how many point they had 40 in the paint. You know, you'd expect that to be a little bit higher. 
but you know, 33% from three, which will make their percentage rise on the year, I believe. And then uh, 55.6 from the free throw line. That, that's got to be better. Yeah. Coach, what numbers? You know, to you? With, with, with CJ and, and Banks, they, they brought great energy. I, I thought they played well. They didn't score. They didn't sh- offensively, their offensive stats were not good. But I thought they played well. Uh, everyone has mistakes within the game, getting driven, getting, getting caught in the screen. But I thought they, they had really great energy, uh, had some deflections, as you mentioned. And, and you know, CJ almost threw down that dunk. I, I love the attitude of, I'm going to throw it in your face. Uh, maybe it would have been better to lay it up uh, instead of doing the monster dunk on Geronimo. Signetti had uh, him fired but, up, Coach. He was just going to go dunk yeah. on Oh, I can't blame him. him. I, I saw him up in a – in the hallway, I was talking to some friends at halftime, and he walked right by me, and I just wanted to give him a high five. But, you know, I, those guys are coming, and we said in the offseason, when they're ready to produce, this team just takes off. They're not quite ready yet in certain uh, components of the game at certain times. One time they'll hit a couple threes, then the next time it's rebounding or whatever. You have that with developing sophomores. Don't give up on these two guys. Uh, they're yeah. out working on their game early. Uh, they bring a lot of athleticism, a lot of hustle. And I thought they played okay if you don't look at the stat sheet. Uh, yeah. You know, when, when, they go, no, it's true. when they go grade it's true. the film, yes. they're going to see a lot of, you know, diving on the floor and, and doing those things that contribute to winning. They're just not stuffing the stat sheet. For Indiana to play well, though, we need them to get there uh, and not get there in their junior year or their senior year, get there sooner sooner than later. I think that's good. The turnovers, what's interesting is I thought Indiana was playing a great game. I remember seeing five turnovers. When I just went to look at the box score and saw 16, we must have had at least double digits in the last seven or eight minutes yes, when, when it, was, it kind of got A ugly. lot of it was late second half, yeah. Late second the, half turnovers. Against the press, and, and so, then they had a stretch on offense where they were turning the ball yeah. over every time. They they got tired and they got tired and they started standing and they started dribbling into bad spots in the double yeah. teams. They started throwing, leading people, leading people on the press into traps. Uh, and Maryland got desperate, so you had a tired team. But here here's the thing: the, the the learning point for this for these Indiana Hoosiers is you gave maximum effort for 30 minutes. You've got to find a way to do that for 40, or the bench rotation has to work out to where you can give these guys some more meaningful rest. Um, than, than what they got tonight because without X, the rotation, because you're going to have a lull. You know, it's a game of runs, but that, that ending run was, was because of sloppiness. And, and here's the thing on those post feeds, it was more Ware's fault than Leal's fault and Galloway's fault because Ware got tired and wasn't holding the seal. Yeah. He allowed that defender to break contact and then fly around, and the guard is reading that he has him sealed and throw it to the low side, but then the guy spins around. So sometimes you, the turnover goes to Leo and goes to Galloway, and our guards had, what, six turnovers of the 16, but really I would attribute that to Ware being so tired because of effort. And, again, no excuse. you got to play 40 minutes, yep. get, be, get in better shape, get in better game shape, all of those things. But uh, you could just see it here how – they just came out in the second half and laid it on the line hard. And you're up 25, and, and Ryan, you, you've mentioned this a lot over the years. It's hard to tell college kids when you're up 25 to keep playing with that yep. intensity. And then when, you're, when your when lungs and legs are gone, yeah, yeah, your legs and lungs are guarding, you're like, hey, we got a 25-point lead. You know, I'll just be, a, you know. Or you're looking they, they don't know. That's when they start looking for a spectacular play, the pull-up Steph Curry three, yeah. the, the, the big dunk yeah. in the lane. Like, the, you know, and it's because it feels like, oh, this is fun time. Like, you know, we're up, we're up, we yeah. worked so hard to get here. This is fun. 
Well, with the advent of the three-point shot, Maryland obliged by not making any beat. Any no lead is safe. And so, you know, teams can come back rapidly these days. But yeah, they they got up and again, especially a team loaded with younger guys, I think. And and they yep. just they get comfortable, they get excited, the crowd's excited, they want to go in transition, they want to get out, they want to run, they want to do things. When really at that point, what you need to do sometimes is slow the game down, eat clock, run your offense as solidly as possible and get a good look and just let the game end essentially but that's that's rarely what happens this is fun in that yeah you still have to be creative guys in your offense we got dribble to the side clear everyone out throw it in the post which allowed maryland's defense to know where the action was going to be the ball and people didn't move like it did the first 30 minutes agreed and and, and coach was yelling at gallo galloway because it took him 22 seconds one time to try to feed the ball in the post and then it got stolen away but coach woodson and staff that even with the big lead, you've still got to be as creative as I thought they were in moving the ball. You mentioned that one play where Ware got it in the high post and Galloway cut off and they got a backdoor cut. Yep. Do something a little bit different than nine times in a row. Going, I know it's your bread and butter, and I know they're good, but they were doubling hard, and Indiana was turning the ball over and traveling. You've got to change it up there. That's the only point of Coach Woodson's game tonight that I would – you know, if I was on the staff saying, hey, we got to do something different. And he even said so in the press conference. He said, I got to help them be better in the last eight minutes. Uh, that's on me. Uh, and so I, I like to hear that stuff from a coach that he said, I'm still learning. I'm still learning these guys. I'm still learning offensively. Defensively, we were spectacular, but not happy with the last eight minutes. And, and again, that's what coaches do. You're never satisfied until you get the perfect game. I mean, it's a great Big Ten opener. You win by double digits, you can feel good, you build some confidence, but there's still plenty of things to improve upon, you know, and to and for coach to, uh, you know, wage a battle against complacency for another great Signetti line that we're all going to love. Uh, by the way, the other number that really jumps out, time leading, 39 minutes and 39 seconds for Indiana. I don't know if that's uh, the high point for this season, but I would think that it is because it certainly feels like some of those other games early in the year uh, were a little bit more back and forth in the first half. But it was nice to see Indiana, you know, and then Miller Cop talked about this, how important it is to get off to a good start. I mean, Indiana jumped out early and then just kept Maryland at arm's length the rest of the game. That's what good teams do at home in Big Ten games. And probably for me, my biggest takeaway tonight and probably the biggest reason to be able to exhale, you know, Maryland isn't playing great right now, you know, and they're, they look like maybe a team that'll finish anywhere from eight to 11th in the big 10, who knows? This is what you do to a team like that on your home court. You take control early, you keep control the whole game. Indiana did that even without their starting point guard. That shows this team's got a little something and we're starting to see that little something come out. They were a little better against Harvard. They're a little better tonight. And so, you know, some of those early season struggles that we saw, as we all thought would happen, are starting to improve slowly and steadily here as we move forward in the season. And it couldn't have come at a better time with the schedule obviously getting a lot tougher right now. All right, coming up here on the Assembly Call, it's one of the easiest game ball and Hoosier Hustle Awards that we'll do all season, I think. Uh, And then we'll discuss a few lingering questions and look ahead to what Indiana has coming up next week. That's all next year on the Assembly Call. Stick with us.
If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ethan Happ, and I never listen to the assembly call, especially the episodes that Ryan is on. Both of our intros really coming after you tonight, Ryan. Just, just how it is. Uh, you're listening to the assembly call IU post game show. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips. Coach Tonsoni is live from Simon Scott Assembly Hall. Uh, just Mrs. Tonsoni, coach is not going to be able to sleep tonight. He got to see Coach Signetti get everybody pumped up. He got to see an IU victory. Just there's not going to be any sleep for coach tonight. We already we already know that. He's too jacked up. Uh, all right, it's time now for our game balls presented by our friends Allie and James at Bloom Environmental. As we enter the colder months and begin to stay indoors a bit more, they want to make sure everybody knows about radon, a colorless, odorless, radioactive gas that is the leading cause of lung cancer in non-smokers. It enters buildings through cracks and gaps in the foundation and through service pipes of homes. Contact Bloom Environmental today and mention Assembly Call for a free radon test kit and mitigation estimate. You can learn more at bloomenviro.com. All right, Ryan, why don't you go first with the game ball? Because I have a feeling you may go in a different direction than I'm going to go. No, I'm actually not going to. I'm going to give it to Khalil Ware. I think uh, Trey Galloway, as I've said, was the engine that drove things. But but Ware was the was you know the, the guy who finished everything. I think so. You know, and he also I think I think what tipped it to him is that big play he made where he got the got the bucket and the foul when Maryland was really bearing down on Indiana trying in to get both back halves to the game. he did that in both halves awesome. he did that and and the one in the second half I thought was really really important just to kind of reestablish things and then there was a timeout soon after and it kind of he came out of that timeout and Maryland had no chance and so those two buckets I think tipped it to him for me uh, I still think Galloway what his energy on both ends was the most important fact of the game but I think Khalil Ware just he he put it away and so 18 points 14 rebounds and assists uh, as I said, only one turnover and a block and uh, at least 10 altered shots that didn't get blocked as well. So Cleoware gets it for me. Someone come get Jen in the chat mob. She's trying to give the, the game ball and the hustle award to Galloway. Jen, you've been around long enough to know that's against the rules. Come on. We can't be allowing that. Uh, coach, who gets your game ball? Well, Jen, Jen is smart. Uh, and so is Quang. Uh, 
Galloway for, for game ball. And I know I'm not going to win because I think I saw your facial expression. You're going to go with where. But we were without our starting point guard. And who did that fall on? Trey Galloway. And Trey Galloway played with pace. As Miller Cop, our esteemed guest, said uh, he played with pace. He had six rebounds. Uh, how many assists? Uh, five assists? Six assists? Six assists. Um, six assists. Double-figure scoring. Guarded their best player all night. Um, I, I just think that, uh, yes, we, we have excellent – I think Mbako could be up for this as well with his impact on the game. But as far as – uh, winning this game, if we don't have that performance from Trey Galloway, I don't care what Ware does, we don't win the game. I just think Galloway's best game, and, and it was a winning effort in the Big Ten, and just handling the pressure, uh, that, was, that was one of the first times we've seen that for a full game. Uh, hands down has to be uh, Trey Galloway uh, was the most impactful player. Maybe not the best player, but the most impactful player in this win. I don't like it, but he's making sense. It's, um, no, no, he does make sense. Look, this is why we added the Hoosier Hustle Award yeah. for nights like this when there were two guys who deserved hardware. Coach, I'm not going to argue with anything that you said. Uh, and, no, we wouldn't have won without Trey Galloway tonight, but we also don't win without 18 and 14 from Khalil Ware. And at some point, and the defensive kind of production impact. is overwhelming. And that's what, that's what tips it to me, is how Ware just affected everything Maryland tried to do on the offensive end. So it's close. They were both fantastic. And it's obvious you know, to me that Trey is the, is the hustle award. Because I, you know, the other thing to me, Coach, why I would give Trey the hustle award you know, instead of the game ball, and it's you know, splitting hairs and maybe semantics more than anything, but I thought so many of Trey's contributions, in addition to you know just what he did from a production standpoint, were hustle plays. I mean that you know that steal that he got toward the end when he just stole that rebound from the Maryland guy. You know the 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 defensive play after Ware got the end one, where his hustle on the um, toward the sideline you know forced the turnover. So in addition, and that's what really made this a great performance from Trey, was in addition to the responsibilities of being a point guard and having to score and do all of that. He was still out there doing Trey Galloway things, which sometimes when a guy has that added responsibility, sometimes you don't get that other stuff from him, the X factor type stuff. And I thought Trey gave us both tonight, you know, and so maybe I'm now arguing. Maybe maybe that's actually a great and, argument and for him as game ball. When they were, they were stagnant <laughs> to start the second half, he got 6-0 run uh, with some, some good play, you know, that really stretched the lead out and allowed the game anyway. If we didn't I'm getting, have the hustle, I'm gonna, I would. I might give the game ball to Trey, but because we have that, I'm going. I, I tell you, I'm getting out all agree. on these shows. I'm going to hold hold out for some tights. You know, if I don't get some tights for the next game, <laughs> I, I don't think I'm going to be ready one to of the do this show live. Dumbest from Assembly stories. Hall. Why? One of the dumbest. Okay, I, it's dumb that it happened. It's even. It's unconscionable that Kenny Payne would talk about that. I completely agree. Stupid. It's ridiculous. Put it out there. Anyway, well, he knows Who knows if he's going to be around there much longer. He had to get a good story out of it, at least. Do we all agree, Trey, for hustle? We don't even need to go around the horn, right? Well, no, but we have, we have an Yeah, ad. okay, so we, let me throw got, someone, gotta, let's let me throw someone out there. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. Let's transition to it. Let's, let's do, do this the, the right okay. way, and then we'll get to it. I don't host. That's why I don't host. Yeah. <laughs> hey, 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 chat, man, Mob, you do not want to see me in tights. You will never come back to the show. So don't be putting that in the chat, Mob. That, that was we, a okay, joke. So, so far uh, this season, we, we got to add up all the things that have to happen. Pie. We've got Coach eating pie wearing tights. So that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the We're way, happy, just, just a reminder, because um, a couple people have asked me. The meetup is it's February 2nd. Um, that's the weekend of the Penn State game. We have not figured out the details for what we're doing. 
Um, you know, if we can do some kind of live show, we're going to try. There are some challenges with that. So at a minimum, we're going to have a, a meetup and party so that we can all hang out and see each other. But we'll have the details for that. But we are going to be in town for that game. You know, so I know some people have asked because they're planning. Uh, if you're planning on coming in, that's the weekend that we're going to be there. Okay. Let's Should be able to get to... tickets. It's Penn State. Yes. Uh, they're expensive. I've already looked. Oh, really? Good. They'll come. Yeah. It's an Indiana home game. They should be expensive. Game come time on. app. All right. Hustle Award. The Hoosier Real Hustle Award. Hi. This is Anthony Leal, and it's time for the Hoosier Hustle Award. But first, I have some exciting news to share about our friends at Evansville Security Services. They've been acquired. They are now part of the team at Security Pro 24-7, which provides trusted and reliable security for your event or business from Bloomington, my hometown, to Evansville, where Coach Calvert Chaney grew up, and everything in between. Just like hustle can't be measured by stats, prevention can't be measured either, but it has a huge impact on your bottom line and peace of mind. So let the security pros at Security Pro 24-7 help you prevent a bad outcome today. Visit securitypro247.com to learn more. That's securitypro247.com. And tell them Anthony Leo sang you. Thank you, Anthony. Congrats on getting more time and playing well while you're out there. Always nice to see. All right, Hustle Award. I'm giving mine to Galloway for all the reasons I already said. Ryan? Same. Galloway. Okay. Coach, did you have now, someone? Can I, I vote for him even even if he my guy I voted for him for game ball? Am I allowed yes, to vote can. for him again yes, or not? You can if you want to yeah. and just make it unanimous. Sure. He just can't yeah. he, he can't win. If he doesn't win the if he doesn't win it, then he's gotta be the hustle. But I want to throw out Mbaco. Okay. Um for those reasons we mentioned. I thought his, you know, effort to start the game and his effort rebounding and the way he was moving on the court and the way he was locked in added to that great start. So it's obvious where where in Galloway were the big dogs tonight, but Mbako had a really good hand in that as well. And and we've been waiting for him to play, and we've been maybe disappointed in in his stats and his his effort and output. I thought he was outstanding tonight, and in plays that were hustle award type plays, I, I thought he was good. So I, he at least needs a shout out. All right, let's go to lingering questions. Chat mob, if you guys have a lingering question you want us to address, pop it in there, and we will take one. My lingering question for you guys, you know, X is out. Um, we don't know when he's going to be back, uh, you know, but he very well may be out for the Michigan game on the road. He could be out for the Auburn game. We'll just have to wait and see. And so my lingering question is, you know, Trey Galloway was great tonight. What is Indiana going to be able to get out of Gabe Cups from a production standpoint with Xavier Johnson out? And, and really more to the point, how should we be assessing Gabe's performance? Because you look at it tonight, he played 24 minutes, he started. He did not score, he missed two shots, he had one rebound, he had no assists, two turnovers, three fouls, did have two steals. So, Coach, there's nothing in there from a box score perspective that is impressive or productive. And yet, you know, he was an important part of this win and did some meaningful things that led to winning. But at what point, as we go through his freshman season, do we have to start expecting more actual production from him? You don't. Um, okay. When you got a front line like we do, uh, and, and then Galloway can pop, uh, he's he's your fifth, you know, needed scorer in the starting lineup, uh, and you got guys that can come off the bench and add. What he needs to do is run the offense, try not to get beat off the drive be a pest on defense, and when he got those steals, they were energy, and the crowd loves him. When he was introduced today, he had the loudest ovation of the st- 
student body. He just is that he's that guy that you hate to play when he's on the other other team. His production will come. It's probably going to come later in his career uh, when he's more able to score. He'll hit a couple shots, but if he if he you know scores five points in a game, I think that's great. The offense ran when he was out there tonight. Uh, he moves the ball. He is able to help beat the press. Those things don't find their way into a box score. Uh, but if I'm evaluating Gabe Cups tonight, it was an outstanding performance in helping Indiana win. The production needs to get there. His turnovers came late too, I think. Uh, he had one in, against the press. That was a bad decision. He's just got to get the ball to the people and, and then be able to hit a shot or two if he's open on these kickouts, which is my lingering question uh, of what Indiana's going to do when they're guarded in the lane. But I, I, I was – Again, I can't find a whole lot negative. Uh, yeah, the box score doesn't look good. But we had a couple guys whose box score didn't look good that contributed to this most important win, and Gabe Cups was one. Uh, he's just an energy, uh, one of those energizer ra- you know, bunny rabbits that you just want to knock over if you're the opposing team. And that, that is a value, too, because it wears the other team down. Yeah, no, it's a good point. Um, Ryan, your thoughts on, on Gabe. And, you know, look, it's also – you know, you're playing at home. You're playing against a Maryland team that was obviously struggling. You hold them to 53 points in part because, you know, Gabe helps you do that on defense. There are probably going to come, you know, going to come a time where if he's playing that many minutes, you may need some more points from him. Um, and so we'll see if that comes. But, Coach, I, I generally agree with what you're saying. A lot of the stuff Gabe's doing right now is not going to show up in, in the box score. Ryan, your thoughts on Gabe and kind of what you're looking from him, especially these next couple games if X is out. Well, I mean, honestly, it's this is what I kind of expected. I think that he's 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 handling himself well, but I think the physicality is going to get to him a little bit of guarding some of these guys. He's he's not as big as they are, and that's he's young. You know, it's you expect that, and also he has a slighter frame that he's got to work to build out. Um, but I, I did I haven't really expected him to be a scoring presence uh, at this point of his career. That that's you know, it's just not going to happen in that way. Now, could he pop for 15 in a game at some point? Of course, but I don't think he's going to be a consistent scoring presence. What he brings is energy. What he brings is as, as coach was talking about being a pest, doing those things. That's where his value lies. And also being a ball mover uh, on offense, moving the ball to the right spot, making sure of it. There were a couple of times tonight where he was in the wrong spacing. I mean, he was too close to the guy next to him and it's, and you could see him correct himself after he passed it. Cause he was passing, you know, five feet from him. It was like, Oh God. And like moved back. And those are things that freshmen go through, especially a freshman guard when so much is expected of you. But if you notice tonight, he wasn't the one bringing the ball up. Trey Galloway was, and there's a reason for that. He's, he's still getting comfortable and everything. So, but, but being a out facilitator, there, being out there and facilitating the offense, moving it yep. around, knowing where everyone's supposed to be. There's value in that. Even if you don't get an assist from it, you know, if you make one more pass, so the entry pass to where is better you know, is a better angle or you make the extra pass and then there's another pass to a guy who's open in the corner. There's value in that hockey assists are important or just as important as regular assists if you're moving the ball. And so that's what he needs to do right now, not focus on points. And, and, you know, if he gets to the line, make your free throws. But if he gets an open three, you got to start knocking some of those down because they're going to come to him. If you don't start making them, you're going to be left open. You got to start doing that. But I'm not looking for him to score points. I'm looking for him to do all the other little things that help teams win. Yeah, I did, points, I think, are the, the least important. Exactly. It 100%. would be nice to see the assists go up a little bit if he can start creating. 
Um, and obviously the havoc that he can create with steals uh, is helpful, and he had two of those tonight, which was nice to see. He, he, here, here's the thing, though. He's not, not going to beat people off the dribble. No. So Indiana's assists from guards come from post feeds or driving like X does and kicking out for two. That's where a lot of the assists come. That's where Galloway got this assist. So yeah. he's not at the point yet where he's going to beat people off the ball screen or split a ball screen and go to the lane. That'll yeah. come in time in his career. But right now he's a ball mover only. The way he's going to get points is making sure he gets that ball into the post. But even the post take two or three dribbles with that crab dribble sometimes to get to the lane. So it takes your assist away. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it takes your assist away when that happens. Um, yeah, I, hey, I, I just – you won hey. a game without your starting point guard, and he played, what, 23 minutes and, and only turned the ball over twice against a pressure team. Uh, I think that's pretty solid. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, I mean, even without X and even with your starting point guard, or nominally your point guard in Gabe Cups having no assists, Indiana had 17 assists on 26 made field goals. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like there was the a – The ball moved tonight. Yeah, the ball moved. Nice. Well, really, that's why I wanted to have this discussion because I think you can look at that box score and it's like, ah, oh, Cups did nothing. But I'm, you know, I'm with you, coach. That's why I think it's important to know how to assess these guys. And I think for him, it's going to take a while for the box score to tell the story of what he's doing. One of the guys his energy is already be something every yes. game. His energy is already something. You yes. know, he starts the game with you know it's a trillion, skill. And, and and then <laughs> you know, but the energy is added on top of that. Yes. One other guy I wanted to talk about that I thought we saw some good things from tonight was Anthony Walker, who seems to yep. be settling in a little bit more with his decision-making. Now, Coach, you know, we were kind of joking. There were a couple times where you would prefer that he not dribble quite as much, uh, and he dribbled himself into turnovers, but there were a couple other times where I thought his recognition was better. You know, there was one possession where Maryland's defense just parted like the Red Sea, and he just dribbled yep. right in and made that little floater. You know, had another He's, one. That's his like shot, that. clearly. That's it his is. play. That's it his is. play, not forcing stuff in the lane or taking yes. outside shots. Yes, and that, that's what we're looking – That to me, that's what I'm looking for from him is just a little bit better recognition of when to go and when not to. And for the most part, I think if he's taking more than one dribble, it's probably not going to be good. You know, if he needs one dribble to get into his floater or to, you know, get, get a closer shot, that's fine. But, you know, you're not – he had a couple of open threes tonight that he passed up to get to a better shot. And so he's – it's just felt like the last couple of games you've gotten a little bit more consistent play from him, which is exactly what we expected. You know, with him being a, a fifth-year senior coming in, you expect him to be a settling presence off the bench, not this you know more erratic guy. Now, there's still some of that erraticness in there. Coach, it's also faces. a new system maybe, maybe, and all that. So, maybe I'm a little yeah. too optimistic. Well, maybe I'm a little too positive about his game tonight. No, I thought he did. I thought he did a nice job, but the post guys are struggling right now with what TJD did a great job of last year, and that's getting the ball moving out of the post when the yep. double team comes. They're yeah. dribbling too much. Anthony Walker's dribbling too much. Renew's dribbling too much, and then they're trying to split two guys, and then they try to throw it over high hands, and the ball gets tipped, and a lot of turnovers are coming from the post player, and and so that's where I think you know if Woodson's sitting back, like how can I help these guys? And you saw a little bit at late. Renew didn't get into that trouble. He kind of drew two back to the corner, and then then the ball moved. And I, and I thought uh, that they were looking to skip that ball a little bit more. And that's where your volume threes are going to come in this offense, on those kickouts. But I wrote this down as a major concern. Our kickouts out of the post and double teams and our attack in the lane. Peyton Sparks does this. Uh, Walker does this. Uh, even where sometimes. There are times when you're heavily guarded in the lane. It doesn't mean you have to shoot. Yeah. If the ball goes in, that works. If it, we get fouled, that works too. But there are guys that are wide open 
for step and shoot threes. We get so upset with the guards not being able to shoot threes and not taking many threes. This team needs to do better on the post kickouts when there is an advantage on the perimeter. That's what TJD did so well. That's what Miller Cop loved those long corners, he said, where they put the X for him where he could hit his shots. They have emphasized going into the post. They're doing a great job of doing it, but they've got to emphasize that it can't be a black hole. And I'm concerned, a lingering question going forward, that we emphasize that so much that we're not being as efficient offensively because we're taking wild shots in the lane. And, and, you know, Sparks gets fouled and he goes one for four. That's an empty possession. And And he's just dribbling and bullying his way through three people to get the ball to the rim kick the ball out and and that's where I, 15 threes a game is enough for this team with with the post and i think we left about six or seven kickouts yeah. today if you go back and watch i didn't track it necessarily and maybe i will at the michigan game but where you might be able to hit three or four of them and get that energy going i i just i'm concerned about that oh you know i don't want to beat a dead horse with the the twos and the efficiency but the, but it's real and it's a math problem and you don't have to run sets for shooters if they're not good catch and shoot, but get them the ball in spacing. Miller made a great point, too, that maybe it's the wings not opening up to the right spots. So collectively, that whole kickout game, if we're going to have heavy posts, the whole kickout game has to be better. All right, as we look ahead to what Indiana has coming up, uh, the Hoosiers play Michigan on Tuesday. That game is on Peacock, so make sure that you get your Peacock, Peacock subscription. When you do that, go to Inside the Hall, either their website or Twitter. They have an affiliate link. Do that. You're going to pay the money for Peacock anyway, so we might as well support Alex and the folks at Inside the Hall because they'll get a little affiliate kickback if you use their link. Uh, so do that. Interesting to note, Michigan still has a game tomorrow. They play at Oregon and then have to travel back to Michigan for the Tuesday game. Uh, this is going to be an interesting one, Coach. You know, Michigan is 4-3. and three. They've been up and down. They've, you know trounced st john's their other uh you know top 100 win is against stanford they lost to long beach state lost to memphis lost to texas tech you know phil martelli is still the coach i think juan howard is now going to be transitioning into being an assistant my concern with michigan is doug mcdaniel how does indiana contain doug mcdaniel because he is i mean he is without x uh yeah you know especially if x is out that is going to be the big one obviously olivier um Kamwa has been very good. And so, in, you know, that's going to be an interesting matchup. Who takes him? Uh, because he has not only been good, you know, inside and as a rebounder, but he's also shooting 40% from three-point range on 22 attempts. And so if you have Malik Renew chasing him around, does that put Malik in foul trouble? Um, I think Indiana, in a home game with the crowd behind him, you're able to withstand Malik not playing his full allotment of minutes. I would not want to go on the road and test my luck with that. So those no. are my two big questions. How do you contain Doug McDaniel and do it without fouling? And what's the what's the matchup with uh, with Kamwa and how does Malik Renew fit into that? I think those are going to be the two things that tell the story of the game from Indiana's perspective. Any thoughts on Michigan from either of you from having seen them play or just what you know about them? Go ahead, coach. Win, winning on the road is always tough in the Big Ten. You have ten road games. You want to try to get five. If you can hold court at home and, and get five on the road, this is one Indiana can get, but they're going to have to play really, really well. Michigan uh, – Got off to that good start, one at St. John's. I'm, I mean, that's an okay win. I don't know that that's really a great win. And then, you know, then they've lost a few. I just think they're they're athletic. Uh, and that, again, we've got to be able to guard. And, and what Indiana did tonight defensively gives me a lot of, you know, um, 
hope that Indiana can go on the road. But uh, true road games are just very, very, very difficult, especially with some freshmen like Mbaco and Cups. And yeah. so, you know, it's going to be a dogfight. It's one Indiana can win. But if they don't, we've split the Big Ten one and one. And then we got a couple of uh, really huge games ahead of uh, Indiana. But I think those two guys are important. I'll take a look at their roster. We, I think we got a show coming up to preview it, too. That'll be a big, uh, big thing for our community. Yeah, Monday afternoon, uh, we're going to do a live show with Ant Wright. Uh, a lot of you guys have started following him on Twitter, at It's Ant Wright. Uh, really does excellent, excellent work. He actually had a halftime uh, show. Uh, to, he does a halftime show for a lot of Big Ten games. Great follow on Twitter uh, if you want insight for Big Ten teams. But he, you know, he played at Michigan under John Beeline, um, so obviously knows a lot about them. So I know at least me and Tony will be there with him. Coach, obviously you're invited uh, if you're free to come join us. And so we'll get his what thoughts about on Indiana, talk about what that about, game. What, what about me? You won't even be it's, awake. It's at like 3 Eastern. You'll, you'll still be just waking up. Um, just a quick note on that game. Indiana, uh, Ken Palm, uh, Indiana goes up, I think, from 75 to 69, which is nice. Uh, and then Michigan is 53rd. Kempom predicts a 77-72 victory for Michigan for whatever that is worth. Uh, but those metrics are all very noisy this early in the season, so wouldn't put a whole lot of stock into it. I'm with you, Coach. I think it's, it's a game where, I think from Indiana's perspective, if you play well and it's a dogfight and you have a chance to win in the final four minutes, that's a good thing. I think that would show a lot of progress for this team. What you don't want to see happen is go out, get your doors blown off, and kind of feel like you know some of the progress from the last couple games was lost. Um, but a real, a real opportunity, a winnable road game, I think. You know, given just some of Michigan's ups and downs, if this team can come and play with the energy and focus that they had tonight. And uh, given we'll the see. schedule coming up, it's one, it's one that could be a good one to steal. Yes, but Michigan yeah. is not going to shoot as badly. <laughs> They've been a very good shooting team so far this year. Probably not going to shoot as badly as Maryland did. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you could open up two and zero in Big Ten play, especially with X hurt. That'd be huge. Um, okay, so we'll have the post-game show for that. Join us on Monday with Ant Wright. I'll have a watch page up uh, at our Substack. Go to assemblycall.com to find all of that stuff. And, of course, go to uh, visit our friends at Home Field Apparel, homefieldapparel.com, promo code HOME23. At checkout, we'll get you 15% off your first order. All right, last call. Ryan, why don't you go first? Yeah, I just thought it was Indiana did what it needed to do tonight. And, and you, you know, you look at it, it, having watched the game, it's kind of shocking they only scored 65 points. It felt like a much bigger, you know, it felt like an 80 to 67 game or something like that. But they, they did what they had to do. And I think that Trey Galloway, as we've mentioned many times, was a big part of that. And, and really, it was great to see him step up. I think that was kind of the story of the game. You expect Khalil Ware at this point to do what he did and, and to do it really well. But Trey Galloway stepping up is huge for Indiana. Mackenzie Mbaco looked better. Uh, I, I just think this is building on the Harvard game. This is all trending in the right direction for Indiana. And if you keep trending upwards and you don't fall flat on your face at Michigan, now you can start being excited about what the future holds and, and what the future of this season holds, especially you're doing it without your senior point guard. So uh, uh, really positive developments tonight. And you would hope that Indiana just continues to build on this. Like you said, even if they don't beat Michigan, if they're in a dogfight to the end and lose, you can say like, Hey, they learned something from this. You lose by 20, you're not learning anything from that game except for that you're really struggling. So uh, it's yeah, Kevin it's Willard's be... not taking a lot of positives from this performance. Exactly. No, play. not at all. And and so, yeah, I would say that this was just another step in the right direction for Indiana. We're still a long way from where they want to be, but it's, again, another positive step in December uh, now that you need to keep making to the start of January when this thing really gets kicked off. 
Man, Maryland under Willard has been so weird. It seems like they have an inordinate He's amount of really time, good so coach. they just get their doors yeah. blown off on He's the road. He's a really good coach, too. I mean, no, but if, they're just so weird on the road. Yeah, I mean, I'll say that if you win at Seton Hall with how awful and impossible it is to win there, given the facilities and all of that, all the lack of money, all of that, you're a good coach. And so I, it yeah. just puzzles me what's going on there. I don't know. All right, Coach, last call. Yeah, very enjoyable game. Really concerned when you, you know that X is out uh, and you're only favored by two, what's going to happen. Uh, but Indiana did what they had to do against a team that is similar to Indiana, and they won, and they won convincingly despite only scoring seven points in the last 11 minutes. Uh, so they really hit the skids, and yet it was still somewhat comfortable win. But a lot of good things. I thought the coaching staff had a pretty good game plan. I thought the players responded that since the Empire Classic, this is a different team. It's a team that still has areas of major concern before we can say they're a tournament team. But the trend, as Ryan said, is headed in the right direction. But it was so fun tonight. Uh, tonight. It was just fun. Loud. Uh, the crowd was in it. Uh, a lot of the football vibe it, it honestly felt that this university was just jacked up. I heard kids talking about it on the way through the parking lot. Uh, and, and, and that helps. You know, that helps uh, every sport when, when you have that. So, fun night. And uh, I look forward to, to a couple more of them here in Assembly Hall. Basketball team feeding off the energy from the football program. Boy, it is a, it is a new era in Indiana here with Coach Signetti. And really just, you know, good times for Indiana sports. Soccer team, when do they play Notre Dame? Is that tomorrow? Or they're not playing tonight, are they? I think they, I think they play tomorrow in the Elite Eight. Um, so lots of good stuff happening uh, with Indiana sports right now. And just a nice, solid victory. I mean, you know, 12-point win. You open up Big Ten play at 1-0, as Miller Cop said at the start of the show. I mean, you just – you don't want to start out 0-1. You want to get that first one so helpful. And just a lot of positive developments tonight from Khalil Wares. You know, Ryan, you said something interesting. You know, we expect this from Khalil Ware. How interesting is that, that seven games into his IU career with all the expectations in the offseason – we can say that in a Big Ten opener against Julian Reese, we expect him to go 18-14. You know, that's – but that is – you know, he's shown us now he's had six good games out of seven um, that you can start to count on him. So, you know, need to get X healthy. Obviously, you're going to need more minutes from Malik Renew to win most nights. But this was just an excellent team victory to be able to step up with X out, with Malik not being able to play all of his minutes uh, and go get a convincing Big Ten opener. Uh, you know, really – by more than what you expect. And this is the kind of game that helps make up for some of those wins earlier in the season that were closer than you expect. Well, now when you come out and beat a conference foe by more than people expect, that is a really good sign that this team is growing as we all expected them to do uh, and allowing everyone to exhale a little bit from how we were feeling a couple weeks ago with how Indiana was looking, even in wins. Tonight is a win that you can really feel good about uh, and that's a great thing for Indiana basketball. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Assembly Call. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com, join our free email newsletter. Special thank you to Bob Thompson for the music you hear on the show. Special thanks to John Ringer of Rig Design for designing our logo and all our graphics. Thanks to Miller Cop for being here. And thank you for listening. We'll be back on Tuesday after the Michigan game. Until then. Take it from me, Christian Wofford. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. Go Hoosiers. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. All right. I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Here I come. This is Don Sony. This kind of game is fun.